All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, today, I have another uh, episode of Conversations with Dr. Cowan and Friends. And uh, today's friend is, I think it's Pat Daly. Is that right? Yeah. That is right. That is right. I knew it was Pat. I wasn't sure. The, you know, usually these days that we call each other by first names and hardly even know people's last name. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to Pat by my son, Asher, who a lot of people know. And uh, there's a number of people in my life who say to me things like, you need to exercise more, dad or husband or friend or, <laughs> or podcaster or whatever. And I always say, well, yes, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but that doesn't mean I do it. Uh, just one of those things. Anyways, Asher kept talking to me about what he was doing and how much it's helped him. And eventually I got interested enough to check it out a little bit, talk to Pat. And then um, this is so people I think now know that we're doing this initiative to start a kind of online clinic. And the doctor that we've hired um, had a conversation, uh, Adam had a conversation with Pat and was very impressed. And so that really was the impetus to having Pat become a valued offering of the clinic. In other words, uh, because it's so, it's so true that being in shape and keeping your muscles fit and your movement healthy as you age, I mean, I don't know that there's anything more important than that as far as being a healthy, active, awake, alive person than being fit. I actually just heard that uh, ben Greenfield, who I've been in contact with a number of times over the years, dug up something about archives showing that they actually, the National Academy of Medicine or somebody, I'm not sure who, has like hundreds of studies showing the benefits of being fitter than not being fitter. In other words, having active, strong, healthy, flexible muscles. I mean, it's hardly a stop the presses moment. <laughs> I mean, it's but you never hear once in medical school anybody say, you know, you know, Tom, people who are fitter, they actually do better than people who are. <laughs> you know, like uh, nobody ever said that. <laughs> people are, oh yeah, they got this disease or that disease. Nobody ever said, look at the guy, he's so out of shape, he could hardly get off the couch. Uh, <laughs> but he must have rheumatoid arthritis, that's the problem. <laughs> and you think, oh yeah, all right, well, that's, that's what our job is to make a diagnosis. <laughs> Anyways, it sounds ridiculous when you think about it, but that's, that's, so... Uh, without trying to be too ridiculous, uh, although I'm pretty good at being ridiculous, um, we decided that's got to be an integral part if we're going to try to help people. Uh, so, uh, you know, Pat is going to, for everybody who signs up for the clinic, they're going to have access to doing movement, whatever. I, well, you'll, Pat will describe what he's doing to get fitter and stronger and healthier. Um and so I thought we I wanted to take this opportunity to 
uh, have Pat introduce himself and uh, talk about how he's doing it, what he's doing it, how this can be done even over the, you know, over virtually, etc. Uh, so that's the plan today. And I told Pat I was going to show one really stupid thing. So I'm going to do that just to show everybody how ridiculous my by the way my wife showed me this I, it's not like i spend all day looking at cat videos but here it is uh, so <laughs> <laughs> i thought this was uh for anybody who's interested in cats you, you can't get much better. <laughs> <laughs> all right hilarious. With that uh, bit of ridiculousness, uh, Pat, welcome. Uh, welcome not only to this podcast, but to our uh, New Biology Clinic Initiative. And tell us a little bit about what you're doing, how you got into this, and why somebody would want to do this. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and thank you for being part of the community and part of this clinic. Um, so just to give a quick background for everybody. So I've been you know, like many people in this world, uh, in a job where it was personal training, but in a big business, big, big uh, company that everybody's probably heard of. And when I was there and doing all my training, you know, you're getting all the all the the knowledge that they're giving you, but there was still a lot of unanswered questions. And I feel like a lot of us who are here are in that position. <laughs> hey, something's yeah. not making something's not making sense. Um, I don't, I don't, something doesn't add up. Yeah. Something's not adding up. It just must be the rheumatoid arthritis. So, um, but all that to be said, I, um, you know, just started doing my own research and it wasn't anything like in a conspiratorial way. It was just, Hey, I got questions. No one really seems to know the answers. And so, you know, you'd go to podcasts, I'd start reading more books. And, uh, the big thing that wasn't making sense to me was, um, and this was before any, you know, take out the religious aspect, but when you do talk about this mind, body, spirit component to all of us, um, I realized we were talking a lot about the mind in regards to, uh, you know, having a good mindset and, you know, trying to get into shape and, you know, being the right, you know, attitude and all this stuff. Uh, but we put all this attention to the body and I would see time and time again, people coming in, uh, not necessarily with the quite right, like the mindset to match what they said they wanted. But then it was also realizing there was that spirit component that was never addressed. And then I'm not saying, like I said, it doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't matter what people's beliefs are or anything like that. I mean, specifically in the spirit of understanding your breath. And this was the biggest thing for me is understanding, okay, well, it doesn't matter where you're from, but if your breath is what brings you here, it gives you life. It gives you this animation in this place why don't we really dive into understanding this breath and understanding the components of the breath and everything else? So that led me down a cascade of really trying to understand this importance of breathing, even though I knew we needed to breathe, I really wanted to understand it. And so, so Pat, just let me stop you. For, so yeah, you're yeah. equating essentially spirit with breath, right? In, at correct. least in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. In the beginning. Yes. yes. Correct. And to just to put it into quick perspective for people, um, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, we're here and then we leave, you know, our gravestone. It's the year we were born, the year we died, you know, that dash. I always tell people, I go, that year you were born, what are they basing it off of? Your first what? Breath. 
And then that dash is all of those breaths that you've taken your entire life to the last year of what? Your last what? Breath, yeah. Your entire existence in a tombstone, if you choose that, is literally saying, I, I took my first breath here. I breathed through this entirety. And this was the last time I took my breath. And I say that, and I bring this to people all the time and really letting them understand that what you do with your breath is your decision. You can control that. You have complete control over that, especially, and this goes to the training, under stresses. So as we're going Which is through- also different than the heartbeat. Although I, I know there are some people who can, who purportedly, I've never actually seen it, but can control their heartbeat, but that's rare. So, so this is the thing is, is I'm not saying we have guru statuses or anything like that, but when you are training and when we do train, what we will be able to do is not necessarily change it on a dime, but what a lot of people experience in my own experiences when they work with me is going, I felt the stress. I feel my heart beating. My breath is slowing down. And with time, I feel the, their words, not mine. I can feel my heartbeat getting to where I want it. And it's not, you know, and obviously time of resting helps too, but the, the turnover, meaning it's not taking four minutes, they can do that. And, you know, Hey, in like two minutes, I feel like I'm, I'm back to where I want to be or one minute. And that's what we're aiming for is because what you'll experience a lot of times is under physical stress, this like, Oh my gosh, I need to tense up instead of allowing ourselves to be in that stress, be breathing into that exhaustion and everything else that we're trying to, for most people, get away from. Because <laughs> you'll see like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And as we worked the other day, you see a lot of these, um, these isms or these spasm things start to happen, like ticks. I call them ticks, meaning when people are under stress, instead of just breathing and being in it, you'll see people like hands will start to move. Their face will start to do stuff. They'll start to laugh. Some people start to curse at me. And, you know, I never take it personal or anything, but it's realizing this is each individual's way of trying to get away from a stress that we're creating. And this is all important because when you understand that when you're breathing, that's allowing you to come back to this present moment. Even though we're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. People are trying to do escapism. And we always want to talking about health and wellness. We want to see change, but part of change, you need to know how to be in the stresses of life. You need to know how to be in the stresses of training. If we can't be in that and knowing how to deal with those stresses, now all of a sudden we never really get to the bottom of things. We never allow ourselves to be uncomfortable to the place where we can see change. So that spirit is everything. That breath is everything. And that was something we really weren't talking about. So I was doing like my own experiments. Uh, you know, this was now six years ago where I'd be in the gym and my, my bosses at the time were like, they got me. They knew that I was like, I was good at what I did, meaning I was always getting, you know, clients and everything else, but they're like, just let Pat do Pat. <laughs> they, they, they were very, they, I was very appreciative for them. And, but I would be having like my notes, like I was like doing an experiment. Like, Can you do this now? what do you feel <laughs> like? So um, it was very, it was very cool to be able to pursue that. But on that journey, um, I came across you um, along the way in the work that you've been putting out and uh, some other big components. And that's when all of these things, like the floodgates opened up to understanding the body in a whole different way. And uh, yeah, we can dive in that today. 
So let's re just recap for a minute, because I think so far there's a really simple message, which uh, it's even when when you when it's stated, it sounds so obvious that it's ridiculous, like yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, we tend, we meaning Americans and now in, including in medicine, we tend to go through life avoiding stress, whether physical or emotional stress, or at least attempting to particularly physical stress. And so what happens then is one's ability to adapt to stress gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so then you get to the point where if anything happens to you, like somebody pushes you, like yep, which yep. should be nothing, uh, mm -hmm. but then, oh, my arm hurts for a month. A and you yep. you trip you know which should be nothing you know but because you're so unadapted that's not the right word uh you haven't put yourself instead of getting wider and wider and wider and more resilient you've gone mm -hmm. the other way and so you're so fragile that anything just puts you over the edge and then you're sick absolutely and that's it's in the most simplest way um the less stress you're willing to create for yourself uh, in your life, the more you're going to feel these experiences where it's disease, uncomfortability, yeah. pains, because what's happening is, is there's a communication that's happening with stress. And we understand that no matter what, no matter how we try to escape this idea of stress, stress is always going to be there. Yeah. It's just going to show up in different ways. Okay. So you don't want to go work out. You don't, it's too uncomfortable. Uh, it's not worth putting the time. You don't like sweating, whatever it yeah. is. Well, now or it's it going to hurts. You know, my arm hurts, right? It's going, okay. I'm going to, instead of dealing and listening to what the body's communicating with that and how we can over, not overcome, but we can, uh, you know, see it through what ends up happening is people go, okay, well, I'll choose the uncomfortability of, well, I just got lower back problems and I'll just say it's because of my age or, oh, it, I'll say it's because I, you know, my knees are bad and there's not much I can do about it. And I'll just get a knee surgery and I'll take that. I'll take that stress. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's a matter. I always tell people um, when I, especially not always, but when I'm dealing with my, my older clients, I say, listen, you're going to have these stresses one way or another you get to choose which path you want to take. That's yes. it. And this is for everybody, but more so when they're talking about like, Oh, I'm just going to go right into surgery. I just, and I'm like, listen, you have, you know, when they come to me, they'll realize like, I'm going to do surgery, but I thought I'd give this a try. I'm like, listen, we'll get you moving. We'll get you going. I had a client recently as an example, everyone's different. Just want to preface with that. Uh, she's in her seventies, 30 years of sciatica, pains. Um, she's like, you know, I'm thinking about this. It's just so debilitating about going in getting surgery. And I said, give me three days. Let's just see what happens. And since I've heard, she hasn't had any more sciatica and that was months ago. And yeah. we, I, I spent maybe, maybe three hours um, with her. And I bring that up because it's saying the body wants to heal. It's communicating to you that it's always healing and it's, yeah. and it's ready to go through that healing response that we in our minds see as, Oh, I'm getting better. Yeah. And we know that when we feel those endorphins rushing, when we feel the body going, wow, like in a way it's like, yes, keep doing this, do more of this. It's just, we have to listen to what it's communicating and how it's trying to get us to do that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess another way to say it is if you don't stress yourself so that you can do, do more and more and more, 
with, yep. and be comfortable in doing more and more, even though the process may be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You get to the point, if you don't strengthen your arm, then it's, it's someday the only thing you can lift is a fork. Exactly. And then you're in trouble. <laughs> right. And, and then people go, and you know, as we say, people go, oh, it's my arthritis. That's the reason yes. why I can't do it. And it's going, your arthritis is is the, right. the response to you not doing those things yeah, um, on, on a surface level. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to uh, stress people in a way that uh, helps them heal and work with the breath and their mind. That's exactly that's what we're doing here. So how do we do that? So the, well, we're doing that with another component here. Um, and that's, and I won't go into detail with you guys today, but uh, on a surface level, the body is you have, we have to start with this, this, uh, this starting line of the body is perfectly designed and it isn't, and it, and it is a design. And the reason why I say that is because when you take a step back and if you know this, or can go into it with this mindset, you'll look at the body and you will start to see exactly what it's been telling us this whole time. And that is that the body is meant to go through these oscillations and what I mean by oscillation is, is just like the heart and those who know Tom, when you know that the heart is going through this oscillation, the body goes through that similar oscillation when we move through space and time. My spine can do this, this action here where I'm rotating. That's when I'm walking or running, it's transferring of energy. In order to transfer energy from my left foot to my right foot, I need to be able to move my whole body through this one big coil and then release that coil from side to side. So now you're getting this. And the reason why that's important is because that is letting us know without fail, and I won't go into too much detail, that the body needs to coil and release. If it is not coiling and releasing or transferring energy with this efficiency, then the body is going to start to give you those signals. Something is up that needs to be addressed. So when we train, when I work with people without fail, a lot of pains that people tell me are because we are not transferring energy. There is not this coiling that the body is designed to do in needs for many reasons. And then for us, then ultimately it's going, okay, well, if it's not doing that, we need to get it to do that again. And I'm not saying we have to live our life doing it every second of every day, but what it will start to do is get you connected with how your body's designed. Perfect example. I always talk about it and I talked about it with you guys is the feet. So we're going to first off, see what are your feet doing now? You know, people can say, oh yeah, it's cool. You can walk your life like this. No big deal. But when people keep coming with pains and they say, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Well, we need to address what's going on at your feet. And the reason why is because you have these arches for a reason. Everyone says, oh, I'm just flat-footed. No, you're not. You can, we can build your arches back. But that design is there for a reason because that is the foundation that the rest of that coiling mechanism is built off of. Your, yeah. Achilles, your Achilles and your calf, the way the muscles are, are literally implanted in every single body come across like this. They have this motion, which is to create that coil. It needs that coiling. That's why so many Achilles ruptures happen. That's why we're seeing so many... Uh, you know, plantar fasciitis That's why we're seeing, I'm just name it. Anything you have going on bunions, uh, arthritis again, it all, it all connects to that. 
And it's the same thing in the hands too. So we're going to get you back into the coils of the body in the release of that coil. And then as, I, as you were saying, that mindset with that. Okay. So step one is we take a look at, or you take a look at how their feet are and, and try to position them, work with them so that they're working with the natural oscillations and coiling of the muscles of the feet. Yes. Yes. And through the body. Got it. Okay. And how do you do that? So the first thing I have people do is just stand there. Yeah. Stand there. I, uh, just a quick example. I had a client in Germany who's 18 years old and, uh, in our first session, I just had him stand there because he's got a lot of issues going on with his feet and his calves and his knees and everything else. It's kept him from playing tennis. He's an 18 year old kid. And I was like, Hey man, just want you to stand there, see what that feels like. So with everyone else, we're going to be doing the same thing. And the reason why I do that is because talking about that breath and attention, when I have people do that and they first do it, they go, I don't feel anything. Or I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And as time goes on, they'll start to realize, man, I feel a lot of weight, you know, here, or I feel this. And so what I'm trying to get everyone to do first and foremost, you will always try to start getting attention to your feet. You can do that today. You don't even have to do that when we start the clinic. But once we get into the clinic, what I'll do is I'll have people do that. And then we'll start to get into the nitpicks of saying, all right, can you feel if I shift my weight over to this side? Can you feel those? Because every movement we do moving forward needs to be coming from that foundation. Where are my feet? Where's that tension in my feet? Do I feel the transferring of my weight? And then ultimately, am I breathing during all this? Because as we, I call it, it's like building blocks. If we had another building block, say I have you step one leg back. If you don't feel that, or you go back to, oh, I don't feel anything. Am I not breathing? We're seeing where your thresholds are each and every step. No pun intended. So we start with the feet. We take the breath, get it in order, feel that connection. And then we slowly build on each thing, no matter if you're, you know, D one athlete, or you're somebody who's, you know, got grand grandkids and, you know, has a bad back. We're going to start somewhere around the same spot every time. So the process is essentially sort of like position, a notice what it, what that feels like in this position or that position, Mm -hmm. and then continue to, breathe and be aware of what happens when you breathe and keep your focus attention on that area of your body. Correct. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And that's uh, yes. In a nutshell, that's what we will do. And we always are doing. And as you said earlier, this sounds a lot simpler than it needs to be. It is this, it becomes this simple Yeah. because when we go to the gym and, you know, people try to work out and go hard, they'll literally be doing a chest press and I'll say, Hey, did you feel it in your chest? They go, no. <laughs> so it's, they're moving through, they're moving through a range that they're told is something or where it should be. And they never feel it there, or they don't know where they feel it. So we need to get you, as you said, um, we want to create an awareness of exactly not only where do I feel it, but where do I want to feel it? Got it. So, yeah. So, and I said this to you the other day, but what I tell everybody is we, we start working. I'm going to, get into everybody's mind. These things I call the three tensions. We need to know what our intention is when we're moving. 
where our attention is, and then ultimately how much tension we put into that. If we can explore those three things, that's going to put us in that awareness that we just talked about. It's going to put us in the right now, right here. So that's our goal every time. So when you, you know, when those who become part of the, the new biology clinic and want to do more of this, just understand that we need you in however long, half hour, 45 minutes, hour, if we're doing group sessions, if we're doing exercises, you can watch however long you're there. We want that type of present awareness because that's going to say, Hey, I only have 10 minutes to do this stuff because we know people have busy lives, but those 10 minutes could be very efficient to get you in that state of I'm breathing. I'm creating a stress that I'm in control of. And then ultimately, again, I'm breathing as I come out to bring my body back down, bring my body back into a state of we're good. You got this, this stress you were able to overcome. And then that's how it catapults into not just doing longer workouts, um, not, not necessarily that you need to go crazy, crazy long, but it creates a life of where you go, I can handle the stresses that are not mine, that are coming into my field that I will be able to handle. And now all of a sudden, one day after another, you're going to start to be in control over everything that starts to happen in your life. Got it. Okay. So maybe can you describe, so first there's the positioning and awareness and tension and breathing into the feet and what happens then? So from some, from there, depending on how many people are there, what we're doing, one of the other things uh, that we will focus on is starting to engage uh, what we call a back chain dominant position. Now there's a lot of other pieces, but for today, uh, this one's critical because of, you know, the amount of pains that people come in with uh, that are so common sciatica, um, you know, uh, what I'm trying to think of some specific ones. Uh, Yeah. Back pains, pains, you know, people getting pains, hip pains, neck, all of them. Yeah. Compression in the spine, you know, getting a lot of people get into those T T one T three area. They get, you know, those lumps um, they got, you know, all different names. Um, What we start to do is we start to work on what's called the back chain dominant position to help that. And what that means ultimately is everyone who's, if you're listening or you're standing and sitting, whatever it may be, I want you to see, am I slouching? Am I sitting like this? Am I sitting like this? Am I standing where I'm, my hips are driving underneath me and I'm like this. And that's important because all of those positions are considered front chain positions, meaning my lower back, if this is my lumbar and this is my tailbone, that's that natural curvature we're looking for. Most people, because we're in a front chain position, that tailbone tucks underneath like a dog that gets scared. We have this tucking motion. Now that's, we're not, we're not designed to live our entire lives that way. Right. It's not that we can't do it. It's not that it's not important. We need both ranges of motion. However, we're basically sitting like a dog tucked with our tail tucked between our legs and asking it to do sprints or do explosive movements or to be in this forward locomotive pattern. This is not our forward locomotive pattern. And that all does come back to the feet. Um, but we're going to start learning how to engage a back chain position and just create awareness there. And we'll say, well, what do you mean? What is that? I say, if you have a child, a baby, um, you know, toddler, animals, 
watch how they walk, watch how they, like a baby who goes into a, a, a squat. Everything is in this back chain. They are, we are designed in a back chain dominant position. That's why a baby can just drop right into a deep squat and then go into all these different movement patterns without fail. Their knees can turn in, they can do this, they can do that. And it's because it's that back chain. And I'll keep it at that for now, but we want to get that back. It not only, yeah. 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 And so the idea, it sounds like, is if you live your life in a, essentially it's anatomically incorrect or anatomically limited, it's not incorrect in the sense of it's not something we shouldn't ever do. Right. But, um, it's It's not appropriate to live your life. Eventually that creates tensions and stagnations in tissues, in joints, in in even distant areas, neck, feet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hips, knees. And so essentially medicine has misinterpreted that those, those consequences of being in a anatomically weakened and incorrect movement position as diseases. Mm -hmm, exactly. Then they start seeing... Be, the stagnation of the energy, in a sense, I don't know exactly about this, but it, in a sense, it becomes a, a loss of the cartilage. Like there's so little nourishment of the of the blood flow and uh, mm -hmm. and the nutrient um, delivery to the cartilage tissue that you get wearing away of the cartilage. And then you're even more convinced by the x-ray that, well, you have genetic arthritis because your distant cousin on your third dog's side, you know, had arthritis. So that explains everything, you know, hundred yep. percent. It's the medicine of coincidence. Everything is a coincidence. hundred um, percent. Uh, rather than you're moving in a way, which is not, it's, it's nowhere near optimal. It actually creates stagnation, tension, and you're doing that day after day after day for 50, 60 years. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? 100%. And, and just to give the perfect analogy, and I should have started with this. I always tell people, uh, back chain, I'm on my car. If I'm in a back chain position, I'm pushing on that gas. I'm utilizing this proper aspect of my foot. This is my toes. Here's the ball of my foot. I'm pushing on that gas. That's giving me forward motion. If I'm in the brake, think of your palm or your heel as the brake. I'm hitting that brake. Now I got my, my brake pads and my brake fluid needing to work to slow me down. Okay, so those two, gas, brake. A lot of people, because our weight is on our heels, which is causing the hips to drive forward into that front chain position. Yeah. This is, this is the perfect example. Most people are on their brake pad or on their brakes, hitting the brakes as hard as they can and expecting to go 65 on the highway. <laughs> right. So what's going to go is going, you're trying to hit the brake and go forward at the same time. So right. your brake, your brake fluid, which is, you know, the, the, the water in the body, the blood, the interstitial fluids, all of it, cerebral spinal fluid, they don't get to move with that efficiency because you're putting so much compression. There's yeah. this constant compression. And then, as you said, it's going, man, I don't know why my car won't work. Right. And, and your brake pads wear out. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is your cartilage. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that's so your brake pads. Right. So those who, for the people who, you know, are locking out their knees or locking out their elbows or locking out that tension in their neck and creating all that compression. Um, and then they don't know why, well, now you're asking it to go into a locomotive pattern, a forward movement pattern, and it's not ready to absorb, as we said earlier, that energy, that exchange, that transferring of weight. And usually it happens in sometimes the silliest ways. And so the body will always communicate to you, Hey man, we need to make these changes, but what we're providing, what I'm providing with the new biology clinic is what is this perfect design? And I'm not saying I've it all figured it out, but as we go through this journey, there's a lot of things that are starting to connect and the dots are connecting. Yeah. One of the, one of the big things I want to just really quickly get out there is that is we understand through your work and through many's work, the body's ability to absorb and release, you know, what it needs, try to get out what it doesn't need at the most simple level. If we're not moving through these natural spirals or these natural design oscillations, whatever, I'm under the impression that the body's ability to absorb what it is that we need is a lot more limited yeah. as well as our ability to release. Yeah. And I know this only, or I've come to realize this allegedly when I've seen a lot of people who've come to me and they're like, I got massive migraines. We do these things. We move through the flow of the body with the breath. And they're then going a week later, two weeks later going, Hey, my migraines are gone. Or yeah. there's very, they're very, very subtle. And I haven't taken my medications, which they didn't help anybody from the 99% of them. And they're also going, it's crazy, man. I haven't felt lethargic. I haven't felt this. I didn't give them. I just said, Hey, we're drinking more water, put a little lemon in it. And we're going to move through these different things. And they're going, how did that just happen? And you realize it needs that flow. It needs to move how it's designed. If it doesn't, it can't absorb. It can't release. Yeah. And this is why with the medications or even the supplements, I always say like with you guys, you know, the, the strophanthus, all those things. Great. I want people to know the importance of them, but if we can't move a certain way, we want to be able to use them to the point where it's going, I know I'm moving that matches with what I'm about to take in or these supplements are working in that symbiosis with how my body's moving because you know how people take supplements or they'll do certain things and they go, Oh, nothing works. Nothing works. Yeah. It's like, well, it's not necessarily the case. You have to just, we have to move in the way the body can absorb it. But I think the bigger point too is, is even, even whether it's medicines or strophanthus or anything, it's the, the intention in what you're doing is not to like treat mm -hmm. an illness. Mm -hmm, it's to mm -hmm. promote health based on the principles of the body. Yes. And strophanthus is there to help the metabolism of the tissues. It's not to treat heart disease. Right. But then your heart starts functioning more efficiently and I, I, I have come to realize that the, the diseases like viruses don't exist. And so any attempt to treat a disease is bound to fail because exactly. it's not the reality. The reality is stronger, fitter, more breath, you know, properly, uh, more oscillations, more working with the attentions. So it's exactly what we're trying to communicate. And then you can essentially be the master of your world because you can choose what you need. You can use your own body as feedback mechanism. And I, I am very excited personally to do this with you, Pat. Um, 
even though I, as I say, I'm, my natural tendency is to avoid it, which, uh, but I, I so could see that it's even, even one session, it helps. Right. So, so well, yeah. real quick, can I just, yeah, for those, what you're willing to share, um, what, from those who know, I recently, uh, just worked with Tom and, uh, his wife. And what was your experience? If you're willing to share something, um, for those, since you just had your own experience, you know, working with me, getting this information as you move. Uh, the, the first impression was, uh, just this inner knowing of, I know this is, this is quote, right. Mm -hmm. That was very clear. Like this feels right. This then, then that quickly moves into, the old familiar, this feels hard. <laughs> and that goes into the old familiar. And so I'm not doing this. And then because my wife's there and she's, and I have something. So, but just hang on and stick with it. And I think that also helps that you were there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then we do, you, you know, you walk me through doing things with my feet and with my, back and then comes the feeling of okay i'm doing this i'm gonna quit and then you asked me to just breathe with it for 10 more seconds and i agreed or at least i did it and i realized that in fact i didn't kill me somehow uh and i did it and i'm basically still here and so that was good and then i did some other things the same and I successfully breathed through it with your help, uh, even if maybe in some ways I didn't want to. Uh, after that, I felt sore uh, and a little bit stronger and a little bit, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and then I, the next few days, I've done five to 10 minutes of the best I can remember of what I, what we did and then i'm looking forward to doing it again so that you can i may have missed something which uh which is fine you know like i didn't quite move my foot right or something but that's the beauty of having working with somebody to check you yeah and i i have there's an inner sense for me that I'm going to be a stronger, better, fitter, more resilient version of myself than I was two weeks ago, probably soon, but certainly in a month or six months or whatever. Absolutely. I love that. And the biggest thing that you said, and I want everyone to know that when we work together, this is going to be my goal is, as you said, that maybe I didn't get some things right, but you know, I was trying my best to find it. It's going you're bringing awareness to your body and you yeah. in that moment, because that's all that matters. Yeah. If I'm saying, oh, Tom, you know, do a bicep curl. We could do bicep curls. But if you're just going through a motion and not really being like with what we're doing and just like, oh, I'm doing a pattern, but not really paying attention to all those little details that yeah. we did talk about. Now it becomes a situation where it's going, I don't, yeah, you know, I just kind of did it. But you're like, I, I'm trying to bring as much awareness to myself in these five, 10 minutes. And yeah. that goes a long way. So uh, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that that was the experience. And the big thing you also said, which I've had probably this time, hundreds, if not thousands of times of that, I felt like I was dying. And I realized that 
I'm okay. That has been one of the biggest responses I've gotten from people is going, I felt like I couldn't do it. Like in a way I was dying. That's how they always say it. Like I was dying. I know it sounds weird. I'm like, it's not weird. It literally is a dying of an old self. This is like the alchemy of what we're doing. When you understand that training is an alchemical process, that is what's happening. And I won't go into too much detail now, but um, you know, embrace that. That's why I tell people embrace that feeling. So I'm, I'm glad that that was the experience. Great. Okay. I think we gave people a really good uh, flavor and I hope everybody uh, joins us in the new biology clinic initiative and uh, you'll get to work with Pat and there'll be, everybody will be able to work with you as a group and then people can choose the option of working with you individually and Linda and I, Linda had very same, you know, and she's a, she likes doing this stuff. <laughs> uh, and and she felt sore and said, you know, this is really going to help me. Uh, so, awesome. uh, yeah. All right. I think we got it. Pat, thank you. And uh, thank you. We are so looking forward to launching this and working with you on this. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm uh, looking forward to working with you, obviously. And then everyone else who, uh, who joins us, we're going to have some fun and we're going to see some change. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Okay, Pat, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.